Welcome to the Stimulate Run podcast. Welcome to returning listeners. I hope you've enjoyed all the episodes so far and continue to enjoy the future episodes to come. Welcome to new listeners to the podcast. Feel free to listen back to past guests we have had on in the show library. If you have enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review on iTunes as this makes the podcast more visible to those who are looking for something similar. Feel free to follow me on social media on Instagram at Stimulate Health and iSwinny88 and on Facebook at Stimulate Health. If you're on Strava, join the Strava Club by searching Stimulate Run. Feel free to send me any guest recommendations as well by a direct message. On this episode, I got to have a chat with former Wallaby and ACT Brumby turned runner Ben Alexander. During this episode, we chat about Ben's rugby career the conversation he had with his parents, which he is grateful for today, the advice his grandmother gave and how it impacted him and how he formed a passion for running. I hope you enjoy this chat with Ben Alexander. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode. Today, we have a past Wallaby on the Stimulate Run podcast, Ben Alexander, who is a 72-test Wallaby and 154 Super Rugby matches. Welcome to the podcast, Ben. Hey, Owen. Thanks for having me, mate. So, Ben, you're based in Canberra. Have you always been based down there, or uh, was it a recent move? No, no. I'm I'm originally from Sydney, and we sort of bounced around uh, as kids with Dad's work. But I um, finished school uh, in Sydney, didn't have the greatest uh, marks, but, um, yeah, went and looked through all the sort of uni degrees, and uh, sports journalism was the only thing that really caught my eye. Uh, here at UC that I could actually get into. So I moved down when I was 18. And um, apart from sort of one year overseas, I've, I've never left. So married a married a local girl and we've got three kids and, um, yeah, love life down here in the nation's capital. So it's definitely home, home now. So to play 72 test matches and 154 Super Rugby games in a, a collision sport and you travel – through countries, so I'll give you an idea of where Ben might have travelled almost in one season. So you would have uh, obviously gone to Sydney, Brisbane, Perth when the Force were in, and then Melbourne with the Rebels. You go to South Africa and New Zealand all in one season. You really needed a lot of durability uh, to cover that many matches, especially the Super Rugby matches, because it's week in, week out. Where did this come from, Ben? Were you always a durable athlete or was something that you worked on? Um, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I was pretty lucky as a kid with injuries. I mean, I had a one really bad rough patch. I snapped my leg in half uh, when I was 20 and that sort of put me out for just over a year. Um, but apart from that, I haven't had anything too serious. So part of that I think is luck. Um, so I've definitely had my dose of luck uh, throughout my career, but yeah, on, on the travel, I mean, yeah, there's lots of strategies around, dealing with all that i mean there's obviously the um you know yeah we do that go to argentina you'd get africa twice a year japan two or three times a year and then europe as well if you do a full year of super rugby and wallabies um yeah you spend sort of the second at least probably half the year almost on the road um and yeah if you're at wallabies i mean you're never in canberra even if the team's training in sydney you're still away from home so a lot of that um, I mean, you're very lucky as a professional player that, you know, team managers and the organisation, you know, they organise all the admin side for you so that you literally just got to rock up to the airport with your boots and um, they'll sort of take care of the rest of that admin side. But, yeah, the strength and conditioning coaches of each team, you know, they put a lot of time and effort into, you know, helping blokes acclimatise or get in, in the times at the right time zone, get the body clocks here yeah, in the right time zone, Um and yes, yeah, so it's all those little things that you just sort of that come part and parcel as being a professional athlete. I think the guys that did them well, all those little things, um, yeah, sort of probably dealt with the travel a lot better and uh, went on to have long careers. Throw and and a bit of good luck as well. Were you one that always did do the extra one percent, or was there a time where you thought, all right, to actually be durable? or to make this career sustainable, I need to be doing the extras? There were times, yes, and sometimes I can't say <laughs> no, not all the time. Not all the time. Uh, but, um, 
yeah, as I got older, I certainly got a lot better at all that stuff. Um, you know, when I was young, I just loved everything about it. And just, you know, as you're young and new to something, you just rip in and do everything. And sometimes you can burn yourself out. And I guess as you get older, you get a bit wiser and you know your body better and you know all those little one percenters. And um, I was very lucky early in my, also about the middle part of my career, we had a strength and conditioning coach called Dean Benton who um, he was, he'd been at England, uh, he's at the Wallabies at the moment, he's helped the Melbourne Storm. So one of the you know, most successful um, strength and conditioning coaches. And he really drilled into us at the Brumbies uh, for the two years he was there. He'd never, he would never try and fire us up to train harder. He was really strict and got us really focused on our nutrition and our sleep and our flexibility and if we, that was sort of when I really sort started to learn, um, you know, oh, geez, if you focus on this stuff, you know, the sleeping, the nutrition and, and the stretching, when it does come time to train, you'll do really well. You'll have a lot of energy and you'll have full range of movement and all that. So he was um, probably the best and definitely I learned the most off in regards to, you know, what to focus on. And, yeah, he really shifted the focus you know, when I was younger, it was just about trying to push yourself to the limit and go balls out and go as hard as you can. So you really shifted the focus on, you know, getting all the stuff that's right away from the footy field. So, yeah, the stretching. And he, he got a chef in to cook us breakfast, lunch every day when we were training. During the middle of the day, he created a sleep room where we'd have to go and sleep, uh, have a midday nap before an afternoon session and the coaches or the media or anything weren't allowed to bother us during this sort of half hour, 40 minute window. We were all encouraged to go and sleep. Uh, and that was all Dean. Um, yeah. And I sort of take a lot of that, that sort of those lessons, not just to my running, but just to life in general as well as, uh, and my wife and I, life's pretty busy with three small children and, you know, we really try and focus on you know, doing everything we can to get good sleep, and to have good nutrition and, and exercise because we know if we do all those things, well, then we'll have energy and we'll be in the best frame of mind to deal with our kids and to be good parents and to be good partners. So, um, yeah, I think all those, yeah, those little things, yeah, they certainly do add up, but there are the, not just the one percenters, there's those sort of 25, 50 percenters, which is yeah, nutrition and sleep and flexibility that uh, I got definitely a lot better at them as I got older. Absolutely. It's quite funny where you have that the shift where you can take things from that might make you a better runner or an athlete, but it actually also makes you better in the workplace and also at home. Um, you know, we have the situations, we've got a toddler and you go, how when I was in my 20s with no kids would I be, you know, sleep for so long? But now with a kid, you can have interrupted night and still power on the next day. But it just shows the importance of the nutrition and everything else that combines so, yeah, it's quite interesting how our bodies get the best out of ourselves when we actually focus on the little things that put it together. Massively. And and, and I know, like, why well, I, I believe that a lot of the, the mental health is, you know, there's a lot, it's a very, um, you know, important issue this day and age. And I just think um, there's a lot that when I know I don't feel right, when I haven't been eating well, I haven't been prioritising my sleep and haven't been getting in i can just feel my brain just doesn't function as well as it i know it can i just i start to see the glass half empty um i'm less optimistic i have less energy i start cutting corners i'm grumpy uh, and so i just worked really hard my wife and i work really hard on our habits around you know bedtime and nutrition and getting exercise in getting sunlight just all if we focus on getting those those things um it just puts us in a better mood and we have more we're more patient with our children. We're more understanding of each other. Um, and we're just funner to be around. You know, my wife and I were both, you know, we, uh, we've only been married five and a half years now. But if one of us gets tired, you know, we can we can be grumps. So rather than trying to not be a grump when you're tired, we just sort of focus on doing things that give us energy so we're not tired. Um, and then I guess that just comes back to a lot around your daily habits and we we still, every day, we're trying to work harder and get better at those daily habits. So, Ben, do you want to take us back to where your sporting journey and then rugby journey started? Yeah, um, just as an active kid, a um, lot of energy, big eater as a kid and my parents just, yeah, signed me up for heaps of sports. So, 
Um, you know, I did swimming as a kid. Uh, I was born in Sydney, but we moved to Melbourne. So I'm, first sport I really remember playing was AFL for a year or two in Melbourne. Then we moved to the US, uh, into Seattle in uh, 1992, and that was during the Barcelona Olympics. And I remember watching all the Olympics and. Uh, Michael Jordan was at his peak then uh, with the Chicago Bulls. So living in the States during that time was, you know, I remember yeah, getting Jordan mania and really got into my basketball, um, yeah, throughout the States. And in the playground, we play baseball and gridiron. And, um, you know, we think we're a pretty sports-loving nation in Australia, but I think America's got us covered. Um, they are just absolutely mad for sport, the Americans. Um, and, yeah, so played tons of sport as a kid. Then we came back to Australia, and that's when um, some family friends convinced my dad to let me and my two younger brothers all sign up for a rugby club in Sydney, Beecroft. Um, dad's mum never let him play. Dad or his dad had three. He was one of four boys, and grandma never let any of them play for fear they'd get injured. So he was. I mean, I don't know. You have to ask him if he, you know, has any regrets on not ever being able to play. But he was really supportive of us playing whatever sport we wanted. Um, and he'd always make the time, and mum would always make the time on the weekends to take us, me and all my siblings, out to, to sports. So we had very encouraging parents of that. But I don't know if it was them being encouraging or them just wanting us to run off all our energy <laughs> so they'd get some peace and quiet in the evening because we'd be wrecked. Um, that's a sort of trick I'm planning with my kids when they're old enough, be signing them up for all the sports and yeah, let them run their energy out that way. Um, but... Yeah, so then went to a private school, played rugby uh, in Sydney, went to Knox Grammar, played rugby, and then, yeah, when I came to Canberra, um, I was like, oh, I need to find a rugby club to play for, and ended up, yeah, playing for the Union North Souths, and then from there got into the Brumbies Academy. So exercising and competing on Saturday is just, it's just so ingrained in my habit, and like my weekly habit, it's just, um, yeah, it's just what I've done my whole life now, since I was, a, you know, since I was a you know, nine or ten years old, Saturday's the day for sport and for exercise and, and for competing and um, and testing yourself. So that's, um, yeah, so that's what I've always done. And once rugby um, finished up, yeah, professionally, I was very lucky that a mate asked me, yeah, to come to come for a run with him on a Saturday. And I sort of been like, oh, what do you mean, come for a run? And anyway, sure enough, took us along to my local park run and um, been hooked on running ever since so um, yeah absolutely loving it absolutely loving it getting into running so um, yeah really excited to talk about running for the next bit yeah we'll definitely get on to, I just want to know where when did you kind of get that uh, time when you almost knew you were destined to achieve in rugby you know where you tapped on the shoulder and said look Ben you should really have a crack at this because you've got some talent or was it just you were just playing yeah, there was never a point until I stepped out on the field for the Wallabies or the Brumbies. There was never like, I was never told, oh, Ben, you'll be, you know, you're going to be the best and you'll go play. For, we're not, never, never told, I was never told that, <laughs> but yeah. never told, oh, you'll go and play professionally and you'll go play for the Brumbies. It was never, I just rocked up every week because I loved it. It was just mm -hmm. playing footy. It was so much fun. Um, I loved, you know, the exercise and the camaraderie and the, you know, the physicality and the, now, rugby is a very complicated game, but I enjoyed a lot of the nuances of the ruck and um, scrums, and I do really, really enjoy that. Um, and so, yeah, I just kept turning up every week. Once I finished school, I mean, I made some rep teams, but I didn't make all the rep teams. But I think um, that sort of, you know, when, when people or kids leave school and they become 18, 19, 20, and they start to become adults, that's when I think some guy, you know, you get caught up in studies or work or uh, you know, if, if you're lucky, well, not if you're lucky, if you're hardworking, but, you know, some people can fall by the wayside in that and they can give up on their sport and they prefer to party, you know, party on weekends and they sort of stop training and stop pursuing uh, the sport that they grew up playing or the sports they grew up playing. Just life gets in the way. And don't tell me, don't, don't get me wrong, I went out plenty when I was 18 or 19, but we were mostly Wednesday nights at, at the local student pub, the Lighty, here in Canberra. Um didn't miss a Wednesday there, but on weekends I would have to work. I was worked as a bouncer, so I'd still try and stay off the, the source on the weekends. So I would still keep playing and just, yeah, kept playing, got in the um, Brumby 19s, and then the next thing was in the academy, and then, um, you know, nearly got kicked out for being a piss wreck and, 
you know, overweight and not taking it seriously. Like I never really not focused um, up until that point where I nearly got kicked out. Uh, and then, I mean, I was failing uni and um, I was injured at the, at the time. I think I'd, I'd blown out to about nearly 130 kilos and um, failing all my uni subjects. I was just playing Grand Theft Auto and going to the and drinking and going to the pub and I nearly fell off. Um, nearly fell off the, my rugby rail trajectory, and it was lucky. Yeah, the Brumbies yeah gave me a big rocket, and my parents said I should go move in with my grandparents. Uh, so I moved in my grandparents that lived not yeah that only just moved to Canberra, and my grandmother had been at uh, she'd lectured at well not lectured but been in, involved in Weight Watchers and you know eats very well. So I sort of had her as a good influence, and it helped me shed a ton of weight um, in an off season. Um, and that, uh, from then on, ended up making the Australian under-21s. And, and then it was at that moment I started seeing guys in that team go on to get professional contracts and go and play for the Wallabies. That's when I was like, oh, hang on. You know, those guys that I played with in the same team, they're getting contracts. Maybe I could. And then so I ended up getting a training contract and got to train with the Brumbies for a week. And that was like a, a dream come true. But that weekend playing for um, my Canberra club side, I snapped my leg in half and lost my contract and was out for a year. Um, but getting um, getting that taste of it sort of really made me determined to come back from my from my broken leg. Um, and yeah, and then ended up went went overseas to England, played a season over there, but then came back. And and I, then I really did knuckle down. I was like, "This is your last chance, Ben." There's this the comp, the ARC. It's sort of a comp that uh, Australian Rugby Championship. It was only around for one year, um, but I was like, "I really have to knuckle down." And I was living with my parents in Sydney for a couple of months, just and I really knuckled down, trained hard, uh, and ended up playing really well in that comp. And then got a contract offer to come back to the Brumbies. Uh, so then came back and never left after that, and it just sort of all really took off after that. Um, so there, yeah, it wasn't until yeah I was stepping out on the field that I really believed like believed it, but um I just did it every week because I loved it and I just yeah just I was hooked. Just love playing sport and competing on the weekends. Do you feel as well because as a kid you were doing a lot of different things then by going to uni and also having that fun time where you let yourself go a bit. You weren't a live and breather, so you know you're, you see a lot of guys who live and breathe it in their teens, and when they first get picked up, they end up losing the love of the sport that they got into and now professional. Do you think that balance has almost helped you a little bit there? Oh, I don't. I geez, we played a lot of footy at school. Like there was weekends uh-huh. you'd be playing three games, and and so I don't think we had a good balance. But my parents were never making me go. It was always I wanted to go. Um, and so I know you see some guys, I mean, I think tennis, the Bernard Tomic's probably a, a really good one of, you know, his dad really forced him and flogged him and, and made him or tried to help Bernard reach his potential. And maybe he overdid it and he, and he fell out of love with tennis. Mm-hmm. You really see that now. Whereas my parents never forced me to go to any game. It was, I want, I went cause I wanted to get, wanted to go. Um, I love the camaraderie. I love the challenge of the game and, and I just kept, and then so obviously I was like, well, if I want to play on the weekend, I need to go to training. So I kept turning up Tuesday, Thursday nights to training and just kept doing it year after year after year until one day all of a sudden it um, yeah, had a contract. Like it just it was never a goal. It was just always done just, yeah, because I love it. And, um, you know, it probably came at, um, I mean, I didn't, my parents will say I didn't study very hard at school. Well, I didn't. Uh, so I probably didn't get that balance right. It was probably too much sport, but I was loving doing it, and I just was very, very, very lucky that I got to do it for a job and um, you know for for more than just a couple of years, for a decade. And just I was very, very lucky. And I look back, and I very nearly could have gone down the wrong path, but um, yeah, there was a sort of slot, not sliding doors moment, but a real fork in the road. Um, but it was a pretty – I was lucky, you know, having family. My parents were like – it wasn't just about getting my uni back on track or rugby back on track. It was about getting my uni and just my life in general back on track. And um, I find – yeah, so oh, there's a conversation I remember having with my parents at the Red Hill Cafe. I don't know if anyone knows Canberra. There's Red Hill and there's a cafe up on the up on the hill and overlooks Canberra. And I remember sitting up there with them when I was 19 and they were just like, you are – 
uni's putting you on academic probation, the Brumbies are going to kick you out. Like, what are you doing? What are you going to do with your life? Like, you're just a piss wreck. And, and yeah, and that from that moment, that just sort of set me straight and um, and the rest is history. But I definitely have my, my parents and my grandparents to help, help me uh, getting back on track and um, helping me get to where I am today. I was very lucky that I had family, a really, really good family that could help uh, help guide me through that tough time. Despite, yeah, yeah not living with, um, yeah, well, parents were in Sydney and me being in Canberra. Yeah, amazing. And then you went on to obviously forge a successful playing career. All right, well, let's jump on to the reason we're here as well. Let's let's get on to the running side, which now seems to be uh, the new passion. Um, you mentioned that you got invited to go on a run. Do you want to give us a bit more detail? Yeah, so, like, um, it was last year and I just... I can't remember if I just hung up, like just retired or um, had a really rough patch last year when my grandmother, my other grandmother, who I spent a lot of time with as a kid, um, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, terminal bank pancreatic cancer, and was only given about a month to live. Uh, and so we sort of were stunned from that. Um, and I was sort of tossing up whether to keep playing or not. Um, and grandma... Um, yeah, once she received her diagnosis, sort of in the coming weeks, started giving out advice to you know my father. Told my father to lose some weight. Told her sister stop drinking. <laughs> Sorry, Auntie Jenny, if you're listening. Um, and then and she told me to quit while I was ahead with my rugby. That I had I had three small children. Um, and I can't keep risking my body and my health uh, being out on a footy field anymore. It was time to quit while I was ahead. And now I mean, and I said, Grandma, look, if it was up to you, I would have never have played, but. She never let me go on the field, but um, after chatting with the Br- you know, the next week having a chat to the Brumbies with about my future, it just became really clear that it was just time to um, hang them up, hang up the boots. And so I was, uh, yeah, fortunate enough to tell Grandma, yep, that I've hung them up, and she said that was wise. And then she, yeah, she passed away two weeks later. Um, so there was that really tough, yeah, toughest period of my life. Obviously, processing the end of my career and. I'm losing, you know, that was the first grandpa. I'm still lucky. I saw my other three grandparents are all still um, fighting fit. Um, but, yeah, that was the first person I'd lost that was really close to me. So having that all happen, yeah, it was it was was really tough, really, really, really tough. Um, but my mate was like, oh, so sorry. Yeah, then a bit before grandma died, yeah, my mate goes, oh, do you want to come for a run? I was like, what do you mean come for a run? And. He's like, I'll pick you up, picked picked another mate up, picked me up, and then we went down to the Burley Griffin Park Run, and and yeah, we did five k, um, did it did the park run there, and did twenty five, just over twenty five. Um, both my mates beat me, um, but I was like, oh, this is good. I could, I could, yeah. It was a little escape from everything that was especially grandma's diagnosis. So I had, you know, been we'd been facing that as a family all week, and then to go down and at 8 a.m. on Saturday to go start running, I just I forgot about all that. And it was just an awesome sort of half hour. We went and got coffee and had breakfast after and then obviously had to go home and um, start facing obviously what was happening with grandma. But getting that hit of endorphins and um, and just yeah, spending time exercising with my mates uh, was so um, – just so incredibly valuable to help me process what was happening. Um, it's obviously kept going, and I've only missed one or two park runs since. I've done that was a bit over a year ago, and I'm up to 51 park runs now, uh, and only forgot my barcode once. But um, yeah, having that. Well, then so, sorry. So yeah, then had that got that first time at 25:01, and I was like, all right, next week I'm going to beat it. And then so did a couple of jogs during the week and started training and. Next week got 24 something, and then next week trained a little bit more and beat it, and then it then the habit formed. I was like, this is awesome, and now my brothers do it with me, um, all my mates. Um, we got a Strava WhatsApp group, and now we're all training for um, the Melbourne Marathon at the moment. Uh, and as a group, so like a, a year ago or sort of say 14, 15 months ago, there was none of us were running. Like one mate was doing the odd bit of park running. Now, as a Strava group, we knocked over 400 kilometres as a group between 11 of us for the week. So um, we're all in it together. We're all training, encouraging each other, no matter where we are in the world. We've got our Strava group and we've got our WhatsApp chat group. 
and we're just all, you know, um, a few of the mates did the Sydney half, sorry, the Blackmores half on the weekend. I couldn't go, wife's birthday, but, um, and wherever we are, we're, we're all planning. A couple are going to be in Canberra, um, up from Melbourne, so we're going to do a park run in Canberra this weekend. Um, so, no, it's just, it's the community and just how convenient and easy it is to run. I think that's what I've really been hooked on, whereas, like, rugby, you know, you had to get a field and you needed... A whole team, you know, you needed at least 15 people there to practice and blah, blah, blah. Like it was, you know, you needed to be really organised to get a team together to play rugby, whereas running, you can just put your runners on and get out your front door and you can go running and get that um, dopamine hit or the, the, those endorphins, um, which, yeah, I think was just so um, valuable during that really tough period of my life. And do you want to share what your PV sits at now? It's now 18.46. Wow, which is even faster than what well, I had, 19.23. So yeah, I, I did my 50th. I, yeah, I had a couple of mates or had Eber friends come to the 50th, so I was like, oh, I better run a PB today. So I'd sort of – but I'm not going to go. <laughs> I blew a few gaskets. I was wrecked after that. I, yeah. Um, like, and, now, and the other thing I sort of really enjoy about parkrun is some weeks I'm like – Righto, I'm going to give it a real red-hot crack today. And then some days I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to jog it. Um, there's no – I guess for rugby and especially playing professionally, you got to push it to the limit every time you step out on the field every Saturday, you know, especially because um, you've got teammates depending on you. But I guess the nice thing about parkrun and running is it's – well, I'm not a professional, so I can go as hard or as um, – that, or just take it easy if I feel like it's really whatever I feel like doing – uh, and that's been just a bit I've really, really, really enjoyed. There's just the only expectation I've got is what I set on myself. And some days I want to set the bar high and I want to push push myself and um, and I like you know, how I feel after. You know, any, when you do anything hard in life, you always sort of feel a, you feel good about yourself after and it's a good boost to the um, self-esteem that, you know, geez, yeah, I worked hard and I got paid for it. So some weeks, yeah, it's nice to push myself really hard and try and break the PB, but... Most weeks, it's just really about getting out there, getting a hit of endorphins, a bit of sunlight, uh, and spending time with mates. Because, um, yeah, everyone's busy. Everyone's got kids, guys work. I mean, I work at the um, own a pub here in Canberra, so I work a fair bit there on weekends. So it's hard to really coordinate and schedule a time for all of us to go running together. But everybody knows um, 8 a.m. on Saturday is park run, and all we have to do is we we just message where which one are we doing in Canberra this week, and we try and rotate round because people live all around Canberra. So one week we'll go to the Belconnen one, or the Ainsley one, or the Gungarland one, or um, the the Burley Griffin one, and we just yeah, we always go to a cafe after, and it's just a really good um, routine, uh, and it's something um, that's really exciting that all my friends are getting into as well, because uh, that's I guess what. I miss most about footy was not being – I guess, yeah, you, you miss the most is about uh, not getting to exercise with your mates every day. And, yeah, park runs definitely helped me replace that massively. Yeah, I was going to – that was my biggest fear as well when I kind of stepped away because um, for me it was Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. we got games. That's it. That's my day. I'm seeing my mates. And then you play rugby. You turn up there. And that's it, it's guaranteed. And I remember going for my first run with a group and I was like, geez, they're all just going to take off because it's an individual sport. And I think it's almost full circle where it's so team-orientated. You mentioned the coffee afterwards. You're very much a support group for each other. Absolutely. And they always say, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And... I've got, you know, when I, I've tried to run in the past, I'd, you know, I'd run real hard and I'd just burn out after a week or two, whereas having that support network and all your friends and family coming along and doing it with you has enabled me to be in this for the long haul. And I truly believe, injury permitted, I'll be running for the rest of my life. Like, I, um, I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. And, you know, we got, my wife and I got plans. We want to go over for the thousandth park run at Bushy Park, the original one, and, um, want to you know start getting into some you know do a marathon and uh, there's a challenge here in Canberra once a year called the Neverest Challenge and it's 52 laps of Mount Ainsley so it's like trying to run up Everest and back and I tried it this year but I didn't get halfway I'm still still needed to lose a bit more rugby weight but I reckon next year I'll give it a good nudge and 
Um, this time, a few mates are going to come do it with me as well. So whereas last year, I said I had to do it on my own. Uh, this year, yeah, all my friends are going to come. And um, yeah, you can't play rugby on your own, and I don't think you can run on your own. Like I, mean, I think even I've been following um, uh, that Elliot Kipchoge and how he's training up for that the sub two hour marathon that's coming up and. That's the bit I really realised when I watched a bit of him at tra- his training regime is he's training in a big group. He doesn't even train on his own, even though he's the fastest runner of all time or the best distance runner. And even when he races, he has paces with him for the first half of those marathons until he, he only runs that last bit on his own. Um, that really hit home to me that running is a team sport as well. I know when people they watch running on the telly and they see the winner come on his own and he must have... You know, the winner might have blown everyone off the paddock, but when you sort of dig a bit deeper and you watch the training footage and you watch and you sort of get to know running and you can know who's pacing who and blah, 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 um, it, it, I really do believe running is a team sport as well. Um, and that's another bit, yeah, another reason why I love it. What Can you give any examples of what running has taught you about yourself that rugby didn't? And I suppose, like, what have you gotten out of running that you didn't get out of rugby? Um, oh, rugby, geez, running teaches you a lot. Of, there's a lot of like metaphors you can get out of it, like around uh, like pacing yourself, you know, like like anything in work. You know, you want to you got a new project and you want to dive in and work really hard on it and eventually you burn out and stop, whereas, I mean, that's the equivalent of starting a marathon and sprinting the start of it rather than, yeah, you got to pace yourself. you got to be in things for the long haul. So there was so much... I was very much a sprinter. I'd just dive into something that, um, you know, I found interesting and long, just go bullet a gate and I'd focus super hard on it and then eventually I'd burn out and stop. Uh, you can ask a lot of my friends and family a test of that, but running, definitely just that metaphor about pacing yourself. I think running just teaches you that so well. Once you learn, uh, you learn sort of what your natural pace is um, not running-wise, but just in life or anything in general. Um, yeah, learning about pacing yourself. And then also, um, I guess the other one was run your own race in life. Like that sort of – I got it, my mate who uh, took us the first time. The guy just can't go easy off the start. He has to – he gets so excited and he bolts off at the start. He has his dog with him and his dog, like, starts barking at the start and, and the dog gets really excited and – so he he um, bolts off and he always dies towards the ends of his race. But um, and sometimes that sort of would rub off on me. And I'd try and keep up with him and I'd sprint off too hard and keep up with him, uh, even though he he's about a seventeen thirty park runner now. Like he's bloody quick now, um, and too quick for me to try and keep with him. But I guess learning that lesson of um, run your own race, um, and also you know trying to use people as um, you know paces and. You, know, you can see someone ahead and you, you work hard to try and catch up with them or whatever, but uh, I guess that learning to run your own race um, is definitely uh, something I learned from running um, and just painted much clearer to me. It's just a really, yeah, really nice metaphor I think I learned from running. Um, I think they're the main two. Um, there is more, but, yeah, that'd be the main two. And then what have you learned about yourself since you started running? Specifically, uh, don't know. I mean, there's heaps, heaps. Cause I just um, running about me. I mean, I I've learnt through running from retiring how much I enjoy my friends' company. I think I did. I just never because I got to see my friends so much. Um, yeah, being a footballer, and a lot of my really good, like a lot of my really good mates, um, were all in the team with me. And I guess as we get older, and everyone works more and have kids, I don't see my friends as much. And um, so I've learnt that. I don't know whether that's the running or just in retirement. How much I enjoy, yeah, company of good people. Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's been heaps. I can't really think. Uh, what else? I suppose the, the pacing one almost, I don't know about you, but it teaches you a bit yeah. more patience as well. Like it teaches you just to oh, hold yeah. back and that's what I've learned, I suppose. But yeah. um, because we've all fallen in that hole at the 4K mark of a park run. Um, it kind of, yeah, just teaches you there's a bigger, it's a longer picture. Um, 
I guess, yeah, th- there's that. Absolutely, that's, um, yeah, the pa- learning to pace yourself and I sort of know what my natural tendency. But as I sort of watch my friends at all, we pester them to join Strava and um, they all download it and they go for a run and you watch the paces, they're just, they're brand new to running and they're going for these big runs and they're going 100 mile an hour and they absolutely cook themselves and then no wonder why they quit. Like, I don't think it's that lesson I see so many people um, I think it's just a natural human tendency that we just, whether it's we, we place unrealistic expectations on ourselves and we're trying to, um, we're just trying to achieve and we want to, you know, we want to be, maybe we ran really fast when we were kids and it's just, it's hard to face up to maybe I'm not as fit as I used to be when I was younger, that all my mates would go so hard and they'd cook themselves. And I can see it on Strava now. So you see their splits and their, how far they're running and, um, so, but I, that, that's a trend that I noticed that I used to do. And then my mate who I run with, Grifty, the one that took me the first time, he, he always used to say, you got to learn to run slow before you can learn to run fast. And I guess that's like sort of also a bit of a metaphor about learning to do the basics before any of the fancy stuff. And we, and I just see so many people when they start running, I've like been trying to encourage uh, my st- the staff down at the pub and all my family, when they f- first get going, everyone just, goes too hard and busts their boiler and they and they don't enjoy it and then they quit. Whereas when people just sort of just take their time and they just run hard enough where they get those endorphins, um, they always come back and they want to go more. And my youngest brother, Huey, he like he had a massive week last week of running. Uh, he's, he's nearly cracked 20 on the park run now, but he came probably the second or third week last year after we got going and he'd try and flog himself and go as hard as he could trying to achieve this really good time, but he'd burn himself out in the process. So um, I don't know if it's just a young male thing and whether it's tied into ego or whatever it is. Um, yeah, learning and learning to run. Well, there's, yeah, and then learning even just to go for a 2K run is better than no run at all. I think that was that something else I'd learn is, you know, you'd want to, when we people do things in life, we want to do them well. And I don't know if it's perfectionism or whatever, but we want to do something well, and we want to, you know, we want to achieve to make ourselves feel good. So when people go for a run, they're like, oh, unless I do at least a 10k run, I'm not going to bother. And that's sort of one thing I've really learnt, and it took a bit of work to get pushed through that. That even if I don't feel like going for a run, I might just go for a two or a three k run, or I might even walk it but I'll go and just do something because doing something is better than doing nothing. So I guess I've learned to shed my perfection. Well, I would never say I was a perfectionist, but just, um, yeah, just do something, do some exercise rather than having to, you know, push it to the limit and, um, you know, and go for huge long runs and break, break records and break PBs every week. Sometimes you want to do that, but, um, can only sort of do that if you've done the training and you won't do the training unless you enjoy going for running. So um, that was definitely something else I learned. I think it's one of those things with running that a lot of people associate running with a punishment. So even when they come to become a runner away from a team sport, they just want to flog themselves because oh, they normally did a 2K time trial or they did hundreds at the end of training. So that's what I've kind of noticed with a lot of guys that come from you know, a team sport it's like 100 metres and that's their going instead of going, hang on, mate, this is an easy run, just cruise and take it easy. Yeah, oh, mate, absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. And I think you got to – I think it may be tied back to why people are doing it. And they're, they're going – people are going for runs because they want to be fit and they want to, you know, lose weight or whatever. But if people can really go – have the reason why they're running is to enjoy themselves and to enjoy the run. I think if, if people can go when they start running, go with that mindset, um, they're more likely to form the love for running and then want to keep running for, for a long time. And then eventually they will get fit and get in shape. But you're never going to get there unless you learn to love running first. And if you're flogging yourself within an inch of vomiting, you're not going to enjoy it. Like, And you don't need to do that. Maybe once a month or, I mean, I like going hard maybe once a fortnight. It's every second week I'll go hard at park run. But the rest of the time, it's literally just at whatever pace I feel like going. I am not a professional athlete anymore, and so I do not need to train like one. I just need to train 
to a point where I enjoy it. And because that's the only reason why I do it is because I believe if I go for a jog, no matter how hard or how far, I will feel better after because I will get that hit of endorphins. Um, and that having that belief has helped me form the habit of running and um, and has, yeah, and it's helped me form the love for it because I love running because I'll get the hit of endorphins and I'll feel better about myself. It's like, no, my so, life sucks, said no one ever after a good run. <laughs> yeah. Should we talk Melbourne Marathon? So uh, when did this become on the radar? Oh, come on the radar. Was it early days? As soon as you pretty much said, right, I really enjoy this running thing, uh, a marathon was the goal or did you need a bit of persuasion? No, no, no. I was pretty keen to give it a go. Like um, I, over the last, uh, late last year, my son, mate Grifty, introduced me to a guy you probably heard of called uh, David Goggins. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've, yep. you know, pretty, most people have heard of him. And I read his book over the Christmas break and absolutely loved it. Like, um, yeah, <laughs> the guy's mad as a cut snake, but <laughs> take my hat off to him. And I think he's a little bit unstable, but geez, he, it's just impressive the mindset, how he can just set his mind to something. And silly enough, during the Christmas break, a bit of quiet time, I signed up for the Canberra. Um, there was a marathon in Canberra, the running festival. Mm-hmm. And I did the, I signed up and I did the 50k one. Um, and so after doing, well, yeah, so did that. I mean, walked most of it, but still got it done. And I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll, I can hopefully run a full marathon. So that's the, it was pretty easy yeah, to, to sign up and want to do the the, the marathon because I'd sort of I've knocked over a 50k one um, in a moment of madness. But um, yeah, no, it was didn't take much coaxing and uh, from friends and family. It was there's a whole group of us going down. Wife's even going to do the 10k. We're going to um, go down a couple nights before, have a nice dinner. We're going to knock over a park run down there on the Saturday. I think Kip Chogi's doing his two-hour, trying to break two hours. I think that's penciled in for the 12th, depending on weather in Vienna. And then we'll run the park run the next day. I mean, sorry, the marathon the next day and uh, come home. But we've got a, there's about 10 or 12 of us coming down, brother, girl, his girlfriend, a few other mates, another mate, his wife. Um, brother-in-law's flying in from Singapore for it because he's got work in Melbourne around that time. So, um, yeah, look, really, really looking forward to it. So, um so you're four weeks out. I think mine's in mine's the week before. So yep. you've pretty much what got a couple of big weeks left before you start tapering down then? Yeah, and I bet I, I mean I did forty five Ks total running and walking last week. Um but I just I guess I'm I think a lot of I just I believe I could, after listening to Goggins and doing that um that fifty K race, it was just I guess I feel even if I'm not fit enough, I can just – the body – well, I learned during my career is the body will do what the mind tells it, and I just know I'll finish the thing. Even if I have to walk it, I'll finish. So I'm, my training hasn't been too um, too arduous yet, so I've just sort of been ramping up a bit of – you know, I did 40K the other week and then 45 this week, and I'll try and aim for 50Ks this week. Um, there's no real structure to it other than the total – amount of k's in the legs um it's just sort of got to fit it in wherever i can and um whoever's keen to run uh again i guess that was sort of one thing i learned from the goggins is i mean a lot of people take his message of oh just fucking have a go and just rip in but mm-hmm. um there was a little there's a couple of one little method to his madness it was like whatever you do no matter how little it is just do 10 percent more next week and then 10 percent more the week after and just keep building it up building it up building it up and then over time uh, you know, it's it's a it's a big amount, and I sort of did that earlier in the year when I was training for Neverest. So it sort of built up to some 70, 80 kilometer weeks. Um, and I was like, yeah, lucky for that 50k race. A guy from Brumbies, uh, who was he's this guy used to run ultras, and um, he would he just signed up and he he ran the 50k with me, and so he was giving me tips on salt tablets and hydration, and so I sort of. If he wasn't with me, I don't think I would have finished. <laughs> but um, I'm sort of, yeah, just mentally much more prepared and um, I'm sort of mentally ready. That, and I, under, I accept it's going to hurt and it'll be really tough, especially the last 10Ks. But um, the pain won't last forever and I'll, it won't kill me. And, um, yeah, look forward to a beer at the end of it. So, and, but yeah, a few mates, a couple of my mates, Woodsy, if you're listening, I know he's nervous. And he said if, he, if we see him splashing water over his head before he starts – 
trying to look like he's ready. That's just him trying to deal with the fact that he's shitting himself. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've been lucky there. Yeah, we just, I've had some unbelievably hard rugby sessions and, it, and it, oh, they absolutely hurt. And I don't know how I survived them, but I survived them and I'm still alive. And, uh, and I know the marathon's not going to kill me. So I haven't been training too hard because I believe I'll be able to finish it and sort of aiming under four hours. So between three, oh, four, four hours. So, um, that's sort of the goal and feeling pretty good and ready. And if I, if I can beat that, I'll be happy. But um, I'll be, yeah, about 3.45 is what I'll be aiming for. Oh, nice. If I if I could pull a 3.45 out in a few weeks, I'd, I think I'd take a week off work and wouldn't get much sleep celebrating, I reckon. So, yeah, uh, well, yeah. So, did, well, we did we did a half a little while ago, me and my mate Grifty, and we did a, we did a 1.37 for a half. So... Um, don't know. I mean, yeah. Obviously, it's much harder doing the second half of a marathon. But um, so if I go off that, I'm a little bit fitter than I was then. So yeah. I mean, yeah, that 3:45. And but if I don't make it, if I don't break that, I'm not really that fussed either. So it'll be a good weekend regardless. And I'll just have to do it again next year and try and beat the time next year. The bug will get you. So I, yep. I read somewhere um, you said everybody should find a sport they love. Uh, can you elaborate a bit on that? Yeah, I mean, we all know, you already said it before, that people associate exercise with punishment. Uh, but when you find a sport, that's all really sport is, is just different forms of exercising. Like rugby is just exercising, golf's exercising, surfing, running. It's all just exercising and getting our body moving and then getting the endorphins as a result of that uh, and challenging yourself and all that sort of stuff. Um, but when you find a sport you love, that gets you exercising and doesn't make exercise feel like a punishment, hold on to it. It's it's a gift. It really is one of life's, I believe, one of life's great pleasures to find a sport you love that gets you out the door, that makes you excited, that gives you, you know, something to train towards. It's almost like a hobby. I guess that's sort of how I see it. You know, we, um, I think we all need hobbies just for, men- I think they're great for mental health, whether it's collecting stamps or making toy engines or toy trains or whatever it is. Like I think having a hobby that encourages you to exercise and doesn't make exercise feel like a, like a punishment is just, it's just one of the greatest gifts you can have. Um, I, I truly believe that. And so may not be running for some people. Some people might absolutely hate it, but I think deep down everyone will love it if they, when they start, they just take their time like we were speaking about before, learning to run slow before they learn to run fast. But I just think the people that think they hate it, it's because when they tried, they flogged themselves and they didn't, or maybe they were focused at the end of the run, they were really focused on how much they're hurting rather than folk, look, running just the right amount at the right pace so that when you finish your run, you got that kick of endorphins, you got your heart rate up a little bit, but you got that kick of endorphins and you feel great. And then you want to do it again and again and again. And, um, yeah, I just really wish anyone, when they start running, they just do half as far as what you what you plan to do or go half the pace or whatever. Just take your time and try and, yeah, fall in love with it. And it's the same with everything. It's the same with any sport. I couldn't imagine, yeah. With golf, if you went up and started playing every day and spent all day on the range, you'd get bored of it pretty quick. Um, whereas if you know you just sign up for one comp a week or and hit the balls maybe once a week and then gradually build it up, um, yeah, it just it's just so yeah one of life's great pleasures and it is one of, it's, it really is a gift for anyone that is in love with any sport even if it's just gardening, you know gardening is, is exercise getting out out and getting out in the sun um, and especially yeah team sports is just yeah social interaction and and exercise kills two birds with one stone. So, does it? Um, do you surprise yourself when? I suppose running is the sport you love now. But if I said to you while your rugby career was going, um, as a front rower, that you know post post rugby running would be the sport you love, would you almost say that I'm joking? Yeah, no. A couple of friends who do come to our midwife and another friend. I remember they while still playing, they were going to do city to surf, and I was like, "You lot are mad." <laughs> and they even said it the other week at my, when we went and had breakfast after my 50th. Gibbo, a midwife, she's just like, 
brings that story up going, do you remember bagging us for running? And I was like, yeah, I like, find that hard to believe now. But, uh, yeah, I absolutely didn't think I'd fall in love with running. I was always all right at it. Like, I do I, I do pretty well for the fitness testing and did, it like, a bit of running in primary school um, around the 800 was sort of as a kid but i'd never like got into athletics or anything it was just you know school school athletics day or whatever and i'd do the 800 but um yeah never would say i fell in love with running just plain old running you're always Um, pretty quick as well like you didn't mind getting on the end of of a try um were you always pretty quick growing up or is that something that you kind of used and worked on to your advantage I think that's a bit of an illusion that I'm. <laughs> I'm definitely, I'm definitely quicker now than I've ever been in my life. So, um, just because I'm a lot lighter, that helps. Um, but no, I was never a sprinter or anything. I never did really well in any sprinting stuff. I, I think I'm definitely more slow twitch. Yeah, if you cut my muscles up and had a look, I'd be a lot more slow twitch than fast twitch, definitely. So, just uh, in finishing, Ben, what I normally do is one of the questions I ask is. Uh, do you have any advice for your younger self? So if you could write a letter today to your younger self, um, would there be any, any advice in it? Oh, there'd be shitloads. <laughs> <laughs> shitloads. Um, mostly around my eating. Get your eating under control and, and your drinking under control. That would have been earlier. I, think, I believe I've got my eating and my drinking under control now, but I would have been... Well, no, if I tried to give myself, my younger self advice, I would tell my older self to shut up and don't tell me what to do, older self, I probably would have said. <laughs> so, um, no, it would have been, yeah, just around like forming good habits and, you know, I used to smoke at uni heaps on the piss and just, I don't know, maybe I should have, I'm glad I did all that stuff, I don't know. Um, but I definitely, I mean, would have loved to have sorted out all my habits uh, my diet and exercise and all that, my drinking habits. I wish I'd sorted them out earlier in life. Um, but they allowed me to have a few good nights out, I tell you, back in the day. So <laughs> maybe I'm glad I did, I did all that stuff. I don't know. But um, pay patience. Like, yeah, learn patience earlier in life. That helps as well. Well, thanks so much, mate. Really appreciate it. Um, I suppose, yeah, you people don't often hear from the front rowers. It's normally the backs and blokes that are in the magazines and it's always good to hear from somebody who was a high achiever and almost just see what they're doing now and then seeing how much of a passion you've found in running which obviously this is what the podcast is about and you know just give some people something to listen to and find a bit more about you as well so really appreciate it no thanks for having me mate it's uh yeah love talking about running it's definitely a new thing for me so so no thanks for having me mate really appreciate it